Tis a fearful thing to love what death can touch. A fearful thing to love, to hope, to dream, to be, to be, and oh, to lose. A thing for fools, this, and a holy thing. A holy thing to love. For your life has lived in me. Your laugh once lifted me. Your word was a gift to me. To remember this brings painful joy. Tis a human thing, love, and a holy thing, to love what death has touched. Tis a Fearful Thing by Judah Halevi. Episode 5 This is the Beginning. Putting on that black dress was simultaneously the hardest and the easiest thing I've ever done in my life. Putting it on made sense. My husband was gone. I was a widow. Widows wear black. But it was also so terrifying. Putting on that black dress made it all so real. My husband was gone. I was a widow. I was wearing black and I was alone for the first time in 57 years. Since I was 25, there had not been a day I did not hear his voice. There had not been a day I had not been Mrs. Hughes. Now I was 82 and I was wearing black and my husband was not here. He would not be here again. It didn't drive to the funeral service. Instead, my youngest daughter, Margaret, picked me up. I sat down in her front passenger seat. I didn't say anything. After about six minutes of depressed silence, she said, I had Jack take the kids separately. Thought you might want some peace and quiet. I whispered, just because I've been separated from my husband, that doesn't mean you have to be apart from yours. I know this day is hard for you, too. She smiled sadly, took my hand while keeping her eyes on the road, and said, I want to be here for you, Mom. She let a few moments of silence pass and then added, It's all right to need people. I nodded because I could not smile and I could not speak. Those things would end in tears. So I nodded and we rode the rest of the way in silence. I did not let go of her hand. When the time came for me to present my eulogy, I was shaking. I stepped up to the podium, let go of a deep breath I had been holding within me for several minutes. My fingertips curled around the podium's edges in an attempt to steady myself. I looked out into the crowd, met eyes with each of my children. Four beautiful combinations of my husband and I, four beautiful testaments to our love, to the 57 years we shared. Another deep breath. I looked at my paper. I had handwritten the speech in cursive because that's how he had written the love letters that were still in a box beneath our bed. 
my bed. I had written a tribute to a good man, a good husband, a good father. I had spent hours crafting the best eulogy I could think of for the man who had been one of the best parts of my life. And in the end, I didn't even read most of it. I read the first line, and then the words took me back through the memories in a way I had not planned, but my heart knew I needed, in a way that, from the looks on their faces, my family had needed as well. The man we are here to remember today was the love of my life. And it truly was my whole life that I loved him. From the time I was young to the time I was old. It's a little funny, you know. The time before I met him seems so distant. But our first meeting feels like yesterday. He was here when my hair was purple. And I had finally figured out who I was. We fell into a deep love. And when he proposed, I knew I had found my forever. I remember my mom complaining about how my purple pixie cut would look in the wedding photos. I grew up my hair that year as a compromise. My husband-to-be never made a comment about the matter. He said that whether my hair was purple or brown, long or short, he'd still be marrying the prettiest bride in the whole world. He was always full of sweet words like that. Well, six months ago, I came home one afternoon to find him looking through our wedding album. I made a remark about never really knowing if he had liked my long purple hair all those years ago. He chuckled in the soft way he always used to, and he said, I took a shaky breath. He said that from the first moment he had seen me at the end of the aisle in my white gown with my deep purple hair and a smile that he had been waiting to see for a very long time. He said that from that moment on, purple had been his favorite color because it reminded him of the happiest moment of his life. The moment he realized he would have the pleasure of doing everything he could to make that smile happen as often as he could for the rest of his life. I smiled then, despite the tears on my face and the overwhelming sadness inside of me. And that is how I know that love is stronger than death. He is still making me smile, even now, even here. I continued on with my speech. The next phase of our marriage held many adventures. We learned how to be married, then we learned how to be parents. I stopped dyeing my hair for a while because of that research that says you shouldn't do so while being pregnant. So for the first time since I was 18, my hair returned to its natural brown. Well, I did leave the ends purple. After so many years of brightly colored hair, it felt impossible to go back to something so plain as just completely brown, completely one color. I remember my daughter Margaret came home from preschool one day and said that her friend had asked why my hair was so strange. At that time, my hair progressed from brown to mauve to bright purple at the ends. It had never occurred to Margaret that my hair might be strange. I was her mother, and at that age, one's mother is always the most beautiful woman in the world. My dear husband overheard this conversation and told our daughter, your mother's hair isn't strange. It's her way of telling the world who she is. And that statement gave me a wonderful feeling. I had never quite felt as deeply understood and accepted as I did in that moment. Of course, I knew he approved of my unconventional hair. And I knew he knew why I dyed it. But when someone explains your quirks for you, especially when that someone is the person you are closest to out of everyone you know, 
you truly realize just how well they know you. You realize how much they've paid attention to everything you've said. Because they don't only know the what and the why. They understand it as well. I met Iris with Margaret for a moment. She smiled, mouthed the words, keep going. And so I continued. When the kids were older, my hair changed again. This time it was a bob, and I dyed it a shade of pink somewhere between blush and rose gold. I kept the haircut for a long time. During those years, our kids grew up, moved out. My husband and I dealt with it by finding things to do together. When there were no more soccer games and no more violin recitals, we read books together and went on walks. We made Thursdays pizza night and went on date nights like we had done in our 20s. We even took a ballroom dancing class where I quickly learned that the man I had married was a much better dancer than I was. We would watch old home videos together and try to guess when they were taken based on the kids' clothes or my hair. And some days we would simply sit together in our quiet house and be happy with where we were and who we were with and who filled the photographs on our walls. We were blessed with a contentedness that not all couples experience. Eventually, the grandkids came along, and our days were once again filled with sports and concerts and adventures. Trips to parks, shopping sprees, fishing days, homemade cookies. Our grandkids were the light of our lives. I have to admit, though, I struggled at first with looking like a grandma. My hair had begun to turn white underneath the rose gold hair dye. Honestly, I was probably subconsciously planning on dyeing it till the day I died. But something my husband said changed my mind. It was Christmas time, and we were setting up the tree. Our oldest grandchild, Elliot, was helping us string the lights over the branches. He asked why we couldn't have colored lights. Apparently at school, they had lights of all colors sprinkled over their tree, and our plain white lights seemed dreadfully boring in comparison. My husband chuckled, glanced at me, and then kneeled down and looked Elliot straight in the eyes. He said, well, you know, your grandma taught me once that white light is actually the combination of all colors. It's something she learned with her fancy science degree. So by my calculations, that means our lights are all of the colors at once. Isn't that better than having a bunch of single colored lights? He winked at me, then resumed stringing up the lights. Elliot was instantly charmed by the idea. For the next three Christmases, he raved about our special lights that were all the colors at once. Remembering that little fun fact changed my perspective on white hair. I thought about all the different colors my hair had been over the years, all the memories associated with each color, and I couldn't deny how perfect it was. White hair would be my whole life coming together in the symbol of old age. Yes, I was showing my age, but I was showing it as a culmination of all the wisdom my colorful life had given me. Instead of reflecting one shade of all those years, I would be reflecting all of them. I stopped speaking to wipe the tears off my cheeks. Somewhere along the line, I had started crying. I suppose it was nothing to be ashamed of. I was a widow. Widows were allowed, perhaps even expected, to cry at their husbands' funerals. I opened my mouth. Couldn't speak waited a moment, tried again. This time the words came. So now, 
I stand before you with my white hair, remembering the man who helped me get here, who took this journey with me for 57 years. And I can't tell you how thankful I am that you came to remember him with me. I loved him with my whole heart, and I will continue to do so until I join him. Thank you. Later, in the cemetery, I took two roses from one of the bouquets and laid it on the closed casket as they prepared to lower it into the ground. One red, one white. Red for the color my hair had been when I met him. White for the color my hair had been when I lost him. Goodbye, Owen, I whispered. Thank you for giving me a beautiful story of a life. Growing up, the love story of Harper and Owen was like a fairy tale to me. Instead of bedtime stories, every night I would beg my parents to tell me another memory from their life together. Even when I was young, I loved the way their faces lit up as they got lost in the nostalgia. The older I got, the more I enjoyed stitching the stories into a timeline, a timeline that was still growing. I learned so much about life through the stories that they told me. I learned about heartbreak and healing. I learned about the ups and downs of relationships. I learned about finding the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with. But most importantly, I learned about finding yourself. My mom always made a point to remind me how important it was to know who you are. One time I asked her why she and my dad broke up for a while. She took a deep breath and said, Sometimes people break up because they haven't found the right person yet. Your dad and I broke up because we hadn't found ourselves yet. And when we had found ourselves, we reunited and continued our story. Relationships aren't about being a perfect couple. They're about being two imperfect individuals walking their path together. Two people that are still growing into who they're supposed to be and have decided to take each other along for the ride and grow together. It took us a little while to realize that, but once we did, it made all the difference. After that, the ups and downs of our relationship strengthened us instead of breaking us. Because once we had found our inner strengths and combined them, we were stronger than anything life could throw at us. I've always liked to think that their story is what sparked my love of words. When I was about 10, I started hiding a flashlight and notebook underneath my mattress. Each night after my parents finished tucking me in, I would sit under my covers and write down the memory they had shared. Even then, Something in me knew that I needed to keep their story alive. The timeline of their love does not end with them. It stretches far beyond their life, into my life and the lives of many others. It loops back and forth, being shaped by the past, the present, and the future that is now in my hands. This is not the end of Harper and Owen. This is the beginning. <laughs>